Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Let's get started. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I am your host, Chris Ann Hall, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So honored to have you here with me today. Our big story today, by tradition, we are going over the uh, National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, a publication of the Department of Homeland Security that just came out yesterday at 9 a.m. By tradition, we go through this so you can see what a domestic terrorist looks like in the eyes of our Department of Homeland Security. Those of you who are just listening, you just look at that domestic terrorists in uh, those finger quote things and we are going to go through this document and pull a little bit from the Chris Ann Hall history that we have on what actually, you know, how all this happens, where it comes from, and where are you and me? Where do we stand in the federal government's definition of a potential domestic terrorist. So that's our big story today. Uh, before we get into that, I want to talk to you about a couple other items that these sort of relate to the domestic terrorism thing, but I want to make sure that we look at them and address them because the media is not really talking about this. And sometimes these are the things that the Department of Homeland Security should be looking at when they're actually looking at everything else, you know. Don't pay any attention to what's happening over here. Look at this over here. Pay attention to what we want you to see as terrorism, as threats. But don't actually pay attention to what actually is a threat because, you know, those things um, fit agendas. Right. And of course, now by just saying that you'll find out later by just saying that by just remarking on a distrust of the, what the Department of Homeland Security and the federal government issue us as information, finger quotes, I have now added my name to the potential domestic terrorist list. No, seriously, I'll show this to you. So our first article of today comes from uh, Western Journal. Uh, and this is an article that the title is Complete Coincidence, question mark. At least seven large fires occur in U.S. In I'm sorry, seven large farm fires. Let's miss the most important part of this, right? Seven large farm fires occur in the U.S. in the last 10 days. Now, I have been a contributor to Western Journal. Western Journal is a uh, relatively informational outlet. There's some partisan things because they have opinion pieces, but Western Journal is on my list of, of trusted places. Now, remember, whenever you read something on the Internet, 
your obligation doesn't end with looking at it. Your obligation ends with actually searching out and vetting it. So when I tell you it's a place that I go to, I always test everybody, everybody, even the ones that I feel like are generally trusted. So there were seven major farm fires in the United States over the recent 10-day period. In the big picture, there they were, for the most part, relatively small-scale events, but with reports of so many fires at food production facilities, you can't help but notice, the author of this article says, or can you, when the media doesn't even tell you, right? When you are told about every l- protest, every, you know, vandalism, every looting that happens on random street corners, in America, but you don't have major stories about seven fires on in farms in America in 10 days. And in conjunction, I mean, who's drawing the connections here in conjunction with the fires that have happened at the major food production facilities and then put it all on scale with the whole food shortage crisis, right? These are the kind of things that we need to be looking at. We need to be talking about, not that we can do anything as individuals to prevent them, but we can as individuals do things to prevent their effects on our lives, right? So uh, most, and I'll just set this out here, most of the food shortage problems that we have in America have nothing to do with a shortage of actual food and farms and farmers. Most of the food shortage that we have, problems that we have in America, have to do with federal government regulations telling our farmers what they can and cannot grow, creating absolute dearth of certain products and, you know, silo-rotting abundance of others. If we're going to talk about restoring liberty in America, we have to talk about getting the federal government out of the farming business. The federal government has no constitutional authority to be engaged in telling what our farmers can and cannot grow. And the federal government has no federal authority to regulate any of those things. And our governors need to step up and do something about that. Our governors need to say, you know what? There is no delegated authority in the Constitution for the Department of Interior. As a matter of fact, the Department of Interior is completely unconstitutional organization as there is no authority delegated to the federal government regarding the interior of our states. The Department of Agriculture is a completely unconstitutional agency. And since as a governor that actually can read the Constitution and understand the Constitution, I am going to tell you in my state, my farmers will grow as the market dictates and we will not be regulating how our farmers grow, harvest, and sell food. And don't freak out. Just because you've been told that without government regulation, we're all going to die in the streets from botulism and E. coli. That's a ridiculous assumption. First off, People still have botulism. They still have E. coli in the food with government regulation. And don't tell me there would be more. 
The remedy to these issues is not government regulation. The remedy to these issues is civil lawsuits and criminal prosecution of criminal negligence. We don't need government regulating regulations stifling our production and our economy. And the federal government knows their regulations stifle our production. You should know that. They know that. Just look at the history. The minute there's a crisis in something, one of the first things the federal government does is wave. This is a magic paper and rad magic signatures waving the, the regulations to certain industries so we can get out of the crisis. Hello, it's your regulations that put us in the crisis. So governors, where are you? Where are you? Set your people free from government strangling, choking our farms, our economy, and our commerce, our food, and our survival. It rests in your hands, governors. It's an enormous responsibility, I understand that, but it is yours, a duty to your people. So the next thing that I wanna bring up here, a little bit of good news, I have an update from the U.S. Navy. I sent Christian this picture. I hope it works out for you guys. This is a U.S. Navy COVID-19 update, June 1st, 2022. As of June 1, it reads, 2022, 3,906 active components and 33,279 ready reserve service members remain unvaccinated. As a result of the class action certification on corresponding injunction and corresponding injunction issued by the U.S. District Court uh, released March 30, 22, the uh, Navy admin is suspended separation processing and adverse administrative consequences for Navy service members who submitted requests for religious accommodations. So there's your good news update. So you can see what it is that is happening in the background that once again, the media is not telling you about. The Navy has suspended adverse and dismissal actions for those who have filed for religious exemptions. Thank you out there to Liberty First Institute and to Liberty Council for your diligent hard work in the name of limited government and religious liberty. We're going to get to the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, a publication of the Department of Homeland Security. But first, I want to direct you to an Epic Times article that is talking about the uh, Supreme Court coming under attack. Members of the Supreme Court, you should know that members of the Supreme Court have been under attack for this potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, there was a man arrested near the home of the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who had a knife and a gun and said he wanted to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Now look, all of this ridiculous political rhetoric running around about January 6th and about Donald Trump inciting a riot. Look, 
You guys know my stand on Donald Trump. I'm not going to tell you once again the you know pros, cons, that sort of thing. But what I'm going to tell you, as a former prosecutor who actually went through FBI training as a prosecutor, inciting a riot is not what happened through the lips of Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, inciting a riot did not happen from the lips of anyone that went on that stage. And you have to ask yourself, why is that being presented that way when factually, legally, and evidentially it did not happen? Okay, but that's the narrative that the media is propagating through America. But yet, here we have the media promulgating lies about this Supreme Court opinion that is coming out about abortion and the effects of this opinion on abortion, they are actually spreading disinformation. Make sure you keep in mind the disinformation word there as I use it, because I do it by quite accurately uh, when we go through the DHS bulletin in just a couple minutes. But it is the media, the politicians, and the pundits who are spreading disinformation about what this Supreme Court opinion actually does to abortion in America. As a matter of fact, can I just be bold with you? It's lies. It's absolute lies. They're, they're, it's not even disinformation. It's just flat out lies. And they know it. Okay. And they're not that stupid. I would imagine there are a few in the ranks that are just, you know, brainless automatons and don't actually think for themselves. But look, guys, what we've got here is a situation where there are many of those in power who actually know they are lying, lying, everybody. And yet, I guarantee you, they're not on the potential domestic terrorist list because all of these threats coming against our Supreme Court justices are based on lies promulgated by these people. If the media, the politicians, and the pundits actually just spoke the truth about this Supreme Court opinion, there wouldn't be this hysteria. But then, you know, the people who are sending out the lies, actually, chaos is their currency. They profit from this propaganda, which should make them even more guilty of slander, of liable, of committing crimes, of inciting this violence. You're going to tell me that guns cause people to die? But then you're not going to tell me that the lies these people are telling, inciting people to go out? I mean, you have even politicians talking about violence in this issue. Make them pay. Look, guys, when you have two different standards on the definitions of disinformation and the definitions of inciting riot, you should know you are in the midst of government control of information. This is your evidence. If there are two different standards applied by government, you should know that is your fundamental indisputable truth, fact and evidence that you are in the midst of government controlling information. So as we pray for our Supreme Court justices to manage their way through this crisis created by media, politicians, and pundits, we operate by faith knowing that our, our prayers will be answered and they will be kept safe. We come together and pray for them right now, for their safety, for their peace, 
for their health and well-being and their courage to stand their ground and do what's right. Let's get on now to this National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. Christian, I sent you to that link. Are you able to pull that up so people can see it? The Terrorism Advisory, the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin by the Department of Homeland Security. June 7th. Okay. All right. I just didn't know how it appeared on online as opposed to what I have printed out here. And then Christian, just try to blow it up a little bit on your screen, you know, make it a little bit bigger if you can, so people can read along with me. But I actually have it printed out here. And I'm just going to go through a couple things to show you uh, what this says. Now, this is the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, Department of Homeland Security Advisories. That was published June 7th, 2022 at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And they do this uh, periodically. This bulletin expires on November 30th, 2022 at 2 p.m., in which they will actually issue a new one. Uh, the bulletin that was previous to this was published on February 7th of 2022. And we generally go through these once or twice a year, they don't change much. As a matter of fact, if you're a longtime uh, viewer of the Chris Ann Hall Show, if you're able to go back to episode 1253, Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2021, I know that YouTube has wiped us out. And what I'm going to talk to Christian about afterwards is I'm, I actually have the file, the video file of this. And I'm going to see if maybe I can send that to him and he can put it up on Rumble and everything. So we'll make sure that everybody understands this is a past episode 1253 has to do with the Domestic uh, Terrorism Prevention Act of 2021, where we go through it line by line and everything. But I just want you to understand this is an ongoing assessment that actually begins back in. Well, for me, OK, for me, it goes back further than that. But for me, begins in 2012, uh, 2012. Um, when Janet DiPolitano gave her briefing uh, declaring domestic who domestic terrorists are. And I will show you a couple of slides uh, from Janet DiPolitano's domestic terrorism training, as was given to our Department of Homeland Security, our DOD people, and even those in the fusion centers, state and local, uh, on what domestic terrorism definition actually is in the eyes of the federal government. But let's go ahead and look at this National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin that was published on June 7th, 2022. And it reads, um, oh, start at the beginning, summary of the terrorism threat to the United States. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment, as noticed, noted in the previous bulletin, and every bulletin for since they've been publishing these. You realize there's a saying, if you give a man a hammer, everything becomes a nail, right? You create a Department of Homeland Security, then everything becomes a threat because they have to justify their existence, right? Several recent attacks have highlighted the dynamic and complex nature of threat of the threat environment in the coming months. Listen to this. 
In the coming months, we expect the threat environment to become more dynamic as several high-profile events could be exploited, you have to pay attention to their language now, to justify acts of violence against a range of possible targets, including public gatherings, faith-based institutions, schools, racial and religious minorities, government facilities, and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure. Yeah, but let's not mention anything to do with all those fires in the food production plants and on our farms. Those infrastructure things, we're not going to mention those, okay? Just... The media and perceived ideological opponents, right? So these are our targets, the media and perceived ideological opponents. Because, you know, ideological opponents aren't real. They're just perceived. Wink, 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 right? Okay. So um, threat actors have recently mobilized uh, due to factors as personal grievances, uh, reactions to current events, and adherence to violent extremist ideologies. Mind you, let's not mention the BLM or Antifa because they're not on our terror list. Shh. That was out, right? Um, personal grievances. When do, did personal grievances against the government actually become the definition of domestic terrorism? Well, I suppose since the beginning of America, if you look at it from the British government's perspective, wait, does that mean that our current government has taken on the likeness of a kingdom? Huh, good question, because our constitution in the First Amendment declares that we have a right to petition the government for a redress of our grievances. Grievances are not an act of terrorism. Airing your grievances are the mark of a responsible, free citizen. Ah, but if you're a kingdom, airing your grievances becomes a terrorist act. Just saying. If we move down to the additional information section on here, uh, I would like to go to the first bullet point, and we don't need to go through the whole thing, but I want to go about midway. It says, others have seized on the events to attempt to spread disinformation and incite grievances. When does inciting grievances become a terrorist act? Excuse me, what exactly is inciting a grievance? I'm not allowed to educate people to inform them of the complaints they should have about their government. The very fact that this show points out that our federal government continually and egregiously operates contrary and outside our constitution, encouraging people to get educated and understand the limited and defined nature of our government and their opposition to govern in opposition to constitutional limits and controls as a standard ought to make us complain 
Do you understand? Inciting grievances. The very definition of inciting a grievance is educating somebody on something that is happening that is wrong, so they also want to complain about it. Inciting a grievance is not a crime. But I want you to see how they're flipping these terms. Inciting a riot is a crime. Inciting a grievance is not a crime. But they're going to put it right there in the list and make you think that complaining about your government or even teaching people of the things that are wrong about in government is now forbidden, verboten, nilsia in this American dictatorship. To spread disinformation, keep track of this, because remember, we just in March had the House Communications Committee have their whole thing about what the federal government needs to do to shut down our voices by calling them disinformation. We had people calling for laws and criminal penalties for what your tongue does in complaining about the government, inciting grievances, perhaps. So to spread disinformation and incite grievances to include claims it was government staged events meant to advance gun control. There you go. If you talk about how the federal government has no constitutional authority to engage in gun control, I just wrote an entire article on how our rights are absolute how our rights are absolute to government control of our rights and how the federal government has absolutely no authority to control what we purchase or carry in the manner of firearms. And then it should be the governors in our state and local governments that tell the federal government and their federal gun reg regulations to take a flying freaking leap. And now, how many times am I on this list now? Moving down here to the bold headline that says continued proliferation of false and misleading narratives regarding current events could reinforce existing personal grievances or ideologies. Do you understand ideological thinking is now criminal act in the eyes of those totalitarians at the Department of Homeland Security? Thought crimes now. This is where we're we, where we are. And in combination with other factors could inspire individuals to mobilize to violence. Check this. Some domestic violent extremists have expressed grievances related to their perception that the U.S. government is unwilling or unable to secure the U.S.-Mexico border. If you are unhappy about the way our current administration is not securing our border, your ideologies, your complaints, make you a domestic terrorist. We assess, they say, in this same heading, that there's an increase of domestic violence extremists using changes in border security-related policies to justify their grievances. Here's another one. Given the, a high-profile U.S. Supreme Court case about abortion rights. Are you kidding me? Abortion rights? That's what this entire opinion is about. 
There is no constitutionally based right to abortion. And then here we have what disinformation makes you a domestic terrorist. Disinformation can incite violent acts. Well, hello, Department of Homeland Security. I just found some disinformation in your bulletin. Does that make you guilty of inciting the violent acts that may come to our Supreme Court? Because you're talking about abortion rights that simply don't exist? Oh, wait a minute, but the Supreme Court is the ultimate arbiter. That's what you tell us all the time. And now they're going to tell us that abortion is not a right, constitutionally speaking. It is not a federal matter, constitutionally speaking. And yet we have the Department Homeland Security National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. Publishing disinformation. Inciting grievances. And riots. And violence. What did I tell you? If you have two different standards, you're in the midst of government information control. So uh, let's see. As the United States enters midterm election season this year, we assess that calls for violence by domestic violent extremists directed at democratic institutions, political candidates, party officers, election events, and election workers will likely increase. Get ready for the election lockdowns because we have too many of these ideologies out there that do not match the definitions of the Department of Homeland Security. Let's move down to the heading that says how we are responding. This one is, I think, is blue, Christian. How we are responding, big blue letters. DHS works with partners across every level of government in the private sector and in local communities to keep Americans safe, including through the following examples of our resources and support. Bullet point number one, DHS and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, in case you didn't know that, continue to share timely and actionable information and intelligence uh, with the broadest audience possible, sharing information, right? Not disinformation, mind you but information, right? So calling it abortion rights is not disinformation, it's information. So you have two different standards here. If it's coming from the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, it's information. If it's coming from anybody who disagrees with them or has a grievance with them, then it's disinformation. Two different standards. Going down that list to the very second to last bullet point here, DHS remains focused on disinformation. Disinformation. Are you ready for that? That threatens the security of the American people. If you were with me on the episode where I talked about the House committee talking about these things, right? You'll remember that the mantra, the repeating mantra, was that disinformation is dangerous to our democracy. So they know the psychology of, of, of repeating letters in patterns. Dem, de, disinformation is, a, uh, is destructive to democracy because it rings. It's like a jingle. It'll stay in your mind. And here they have it again. Focused on disinformation that threatens the security of America. Your words, your complaints 
Anything that you disagree with the government is now disinformation because you have two different standards. And so if you go through this, you're supposed to, you know, if you say see something, say something, report suspicious activity to local law enforcement. Well, now you've been trained that suspicious activity is your neighbors complaining about government. So you should, according to the Department of Homeland Security, not me, you should actually report your neighbors for their grievances against the government. I just want you to understand how crazy, crazy this is. Now, reaching back in history, I gave Christian two pictures here. One of them is one that I cop I cut out of a training manual from the Department of Homeland Security, and I turned it into a meme. I've searched and searched and searched my my files. I cannot find the actual picture, but you can find it uh, on the internet if you want to. Official government training. You got that one up, Christian? Official government training identified extremist ideologies that need to be combated in government. Got that one up there? Oh, they can't read it? Well, I'll read it to you. Section D of this training, extremist ideologies. Introduction. As noted, it says, an ideology is a set of political beliefs about the nature of people and society. This is from the Department of Justice now. People who are committed to an ideology seek not only to persuade, but to recruit others to their belief. God forbid you try to show people the truth. In this, I'm reading this now, in U.S. history, there are many examples of extremist ideologies and movements. The colonists who sought to free themselves from British rule and the Confederate states who sought to secede from the northern states are just two examples of extremist ideologies and movements. Our founders were extremist ideologists encouraging an extremist movement. What did I say about our government now more looking like a kingdom? Let's put up the other one now, Christian. This is one that is from a slideshow that I created about for a course where I was going through this, def definitions courtesy of the Department of Justice. A violent extremist, mainly anti-government, rejecting federal authority in favor of state or local authority. That makes you a violent extremist including groups and individuals that are dedicated to a single issue, such as a opposition to abortion or immigration. You're a violent extremist if you're a pro-life. Returning war veterans, according to the Department of Homeland Security, you are a potential violent extremist, like the colonists who sought to free themselves from British rule. So why do we take the time to show you this? Because I want you to know that nothing is hidden. Everything is out there. We want to bring you the news that is real news. That the media, the politicians, and the pundits don't want you to talk about. The subtle propagandas, the subtle influences, manipulations that lead to a community of people who turn in their neighbors for complaining about government. This is the ideology. This is the extremist ideology. That grievances are terrorism that complaints are extremist ideologies, and that wanting to be free is somehow an aberration, a wrong 
ideology to have. Well, let me tell you what. If standing for your rights feels extreme, you must know that it's only there are only two classes of people who find it extreme to stand for your inherent inalienable rights endowed upon you by your creator. There are only two classes of people who find that extreme, tyrants and slaves. If this show offended you, if this show felt extreme, then you know now how to classify yourself. And I know that I have a full-on following in Washington, D.C. I know that I have a full-on following in the Department of Justice in all their branches. So I am looking you in the eye, and I'm telling you, liberty is not anti-government. It's what America was built on. You are contrary to liberty. You are contrary to the Constitution. And that makes, if you agree with what this report says, that makes you an ideological extremist. So classify yourself. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, JC and I are on our way to Portland, Oregon, where we will be teaching. I'm sure there'll be plenty of DOJ representatives there. Uh, just so you know, I am not concerned about my classification by the Department of Justice. The Southern Poverty Law Center has classified me for at least eight years now as an anti-government extremist hate group. And the Southern Poverty Law Center is where the Department of Justice gets their definitions. So I know where I am. But you know, you're, you can know who you are by who your friends are. You can know who you are by who your enemies are. And if the liberty and individual rights of the people are your enemy, then my feelings aren't hurt if you think I'm yours. So God bless you guys. Keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Stay situationally aware and know your rights because knowing your rights is your best defense. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that 